Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we are bouncing around in terms of when we are doing our recording. It's, uh, look, it's free and it, it pops up in your podcast feed whenever it happens. So it's, That's right. it's today. It's and out it's, today. And it's summertime and, you know, sports are, we're not in football season, so we're just going to catch as catch can. Yeah. Um, so the biggest non-game related news is the NBA draft lottery took place. And for the third time in what, 35 years, a generational talent big man is available at number one overall. And the San Antonio Spurs have won the draft lottery. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's an exciting, uh, Tuesday night for a Spurs fan like myself. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, I, like, I think most people on the surface would say, oh, the Spurs have been, you know, they were so good for, you know, and they were, they were so good for so long. They made the playoffs 21 straight years, and most of those years were a legitimate title contender. Um, but it's, it's been a bit, uh, I mean, they haven't won a playoff series in four, in six years. They haven't been to the playoffs in four years. Uh, it, you know, it's been some lean times, and, and uh you know, so this was nice. This was uh, this was what they needed to hopefully kickstart things in a in a positive direction. Because you know, twenty two and sixty last year was uh, was a tough one to really to really get into. But it was all it was you know like throughout the season, especially in the latter part, it was like, hey man, if the if the lottery balls bounce their way, then they you know they got a shot to turn this thing around, and and they did. So Victor Wimbayana is a. French citizen. Uh, I saw a picture that of him wearing a Tony Parker yeah. jersey. I saw that too. Yeah. Um, so it won't be the first time he's ever put on a Spurs jersey. No, I mean there's certainly a connection with with France and the Spurs. I mean Parker for sure. Boris Diaw, I believe, is the mm-hmm. is the president or something of the team he plays for now. Um, uh, you know, so there is there is connection there, and um, uh, you know it, it's it's exciting. I mean, listen. I, Nobody knows for sure what he's going to be. Um, you know, for every LeBron or Tim Duncan, there's a there's a Greg Oden or there's a Andrew Wiggins, who's just a, a you know a solid NBA player, but mm. probably never lived up to the billing of a number one overall pick. Yeah, so he's probably not uh, you know, an Antonio Bennett, though. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, yes, yes. I mean, there there are worse. And that's why I say, like, there are there are some number one picks who've been, you know, absolute busts for whatever reason. I always hesitate to call Greg Oden a bust. He was hurt. But nonetheless, he didn't come close to living up to the expectation. Um, and then there are number one picks who are just, you know, solid players. Uh, Andrew yeah. Wiggins. Marvin potentially Williams. Carl Anthony Towns fits yeah. that bill. He hasn't, he hasn't really taken the leap to being a superstar just yet. Maybe he will, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, but this guy's guy is supposed to be unbelievable, so we we will see in time. Yeah, I I enjoyed the ESPN coverage, and and I think the Athletic had a piece as well that basically broke down his whole life, basically since he was yeah you know before he was a teenager, and then his young teenage years. Obviously, he's still only nineteen. Um, that they just basically built a bubble around him to make him the best NBA prospect possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, uh, 
it's interesting. I mean, you know, I compare it. Obviously, I was a, a you know much younger, but I compare it with when they won the lottery to get Duncan. And you know, I had watched Duncan play a lot of games by that point. Uh, it, you know, I started I started following Duncan because I I loved I loved the big man uh, when I was a kid following basketball. I loved Patrick Ewing and David Robinson, and and I was I was kind of infatuated with like who were going to be the next great bigs, and Duncan was one of them that was supposed to be and turned out to be. So I started following him as a sophomore at Wake Forest and watched him play a lot. And, and this guy, when he suits up for the Spurs, it'll be the first time I actually watch him play a game. Yes. I've seen highlights, but, you know, it's, it just it shows you how different the, the basketball world is nowadays from 1997. Yeah. It, it is fascinating, too, because Duncan was 22? Yeah, four-year senior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Wemby will be 19. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and it's, I think, important to note that along with the fact that the rest of the team, like Duncan, they were no, they were the number one pick. They weren't the worst team in the league the year before. They were one of the worst, mm-hmm. but they weren't the worst. And they were the worst because David Robinson missed almost the entire season. There's no David Robinson on this team. There's yeah. no Sean Elliott. You know, like it's a very young team with some interesting pieces. You know, Keldon Johnson's been pretty good. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, they got in the lottery last year from Baylor. Looks like a solid player. Like, there's good pieces, but it, it, you know, I, you know, I saw one of those, you know, Twitter or Instagram or whatever. You know, who, you know, how many or who's beating this team with the pictures of the Spurs? And I'm like, well, next year probably a lot. Probably a lot of teams are beating this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, if they could make a run at the at the you know play in, that would be first of all a huge improvement and a and a step in the right direction. I, you know. I ain't planning the 2024 NBA championship run or anything yet, but mm-hmm. you know, hopefully this is a, a big piece, big, big, big piece of a puzzle toward a, you know, a championship contending team in the next few years. Now, who do you think it will follow pop and how long do you think pop will be there? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I think, I think a betting man, would have already assumed he was gone. Yeah. Um, if you asked a few years ago, I mean, they have certainly, you know, fallen into some irrelevance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, before the lottery, before they won the lottery, I was, you know, thinking that day, like, it's interesting to compare the feeling around Greg Popovich and Bill Belichick. They've been compared throughout their careers. And, you know, Belichick, they've fallen a bit backwards since Brady left, but not totally. I mean, they made the playoffs a couple times or one, one time in the three years, you know, they've, they've been a good team, not great. And there's heat on him. I mean, Mm -hmm. it feels like going into this next season. It is a little bit like, okay, you better, better do something or Bob Kraft may be ready to move on. There's no heat on Greg Popovich whatsoever. And they really haven't been, you know, a title contender for six years. Um, and, and now there will be a little bit, but it, it is interesting how he's kind of, you know, seemingly slid into this like, well, it doesn't really matter what they do. He's Greg Popovich. He can have this job as long as he wants it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's just it's notable how the difference is. Um, now, I think, you know, the expectations will ratchet up a bit, not immediately. You know, again, I think it's, it's important to keep it in perspective. This is a 19-year-old kid who's skinny as a rail. Um, it's going to take a bit for him to become the superstar he's supposed to be if he does. And that's the question then, you know, like, uh, 
I mean, there's tons of former assistants that are scattered throughout the league, assistant coaches, players, front office guys that have gone on to be coaches. I mean, a couple of them just got fired in the last few weeks, Mike Budenholzer and, and Monty Williams. Um, you know, I would be interested in Monty Williams. I like him. I think he's a good coach. I'm glad, I'm glad he's not with the Suns anymore. Make it make it easier to root for him. Um, but I don't know. You know, will those are those guys willing to like come back and wait a few years or two years or whatever? Who who knows? That's a that is a great question, and I, I I don't think anybody knows the answer because, like I said, I think conventional wisdom was Popovich wouldn't coach past Duncan, mm-hmm. and we're now seven years past Duncan, and he's still coaching. Yeah. There's also obviously one of the names that's on the list, although now with some moderate damage to the reputation, it's Becky Hammond. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah, I mean, I think her hopes of getting an NBA job in the very near future, as in this offseason, are probably not great, given the the story of what was it yesterday or the day before or whatever. Um, You know, she may get one in the future. But yeah, who knows? I mean, again, there are there are coaches all over the place with Spurs ties, uh, all over. I mean, you know, either they played for the team, they coached for the team, maybe both. Um, you know, it's it's sort of like the you know debate that people wondered about for years with like who's going to take over for Shashevsky, and I mean, you, you know, under every rock you you pick up, there's another person with some ties to him. So mm-hmm. uh, who knows? That's a great question. One would think he'd want to, you know, see it through for for a few more years, maybe if he can. I mean, he's seventy four, but uh, you know, like if he's energized by the chance to coach this kid, and you know, maybe maybe start to build a little more aggressively now. Yeah, you know, like you know, now you chip cash in some of those future picks and things like that, and try to try to build a contender in the next two to three years. Yeah. It also is going to lead to some great things about like he will have coached a guy who played in whatever his first year of coaching was, right? At, you know, and then go reach backwards, however far I the know. oldest guy on his no first head coaching job. No was. doubt. I mean, it. You know, like when Benyama was born in two thousand four, they'd already won two championships. Um, you know, uh, so it's it it does you know, illustrate just like some of those numbers are like, wow. I mean, we were, we were high school seniors when this kid was born and now he's, you know, on the verge of, of, you know, NBA stardom. Hopefully again, I say hopefully because you know, the, the road to greatness is not always smooth and, and nothing's a guarantee just because you have a lot of hype. Well, he's going to be a star. Whether he is a deserving star based on performance. Yeah, true, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is he going to be, you know, LeBron? Or is he going to be Zion Williamson, who to this point in his career is a star, but, you know, is, is more known for not playing, uh, unfortunately, you know, how many games he misses, how much potential he has, if he could ever stay on the court. Now, the, the one thing I, I really like about this kid is that He's played this season in France. He didn't have to. He could have. He could have sat and just you know worked out and not played, and he still would have been the number one pick, no doubt. So I I respect that he's played and stayed healthy. You know he, he hasn't mm-hmm. been. You know it seems like he's played pretty consistently. I don't know all the numbers, but haven't heard of any injuries or anything like that. So 
you know, knock wood, he's not, you know, Zion or Joel Embiid or some of these guys who are just like, man, they just cannot seem to consistently stay on the court. Yeah. And I know Embiid won the MVP this year, but I mean, this sounds crazy, but I think if this, if this kid's, you know, ceiling is Joel Embiid, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment given the hype. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, Embiid's a great player, but, you know, now I saw somebody, I can't, what, you know, like, if he's, you know, if he's Kevin Durant, he's a disappointment. Like, come on, man. Kevin Durant's probably a top 20 player of all time. I, I would take that. If you give me, the, you know, if you give me that impact on the game for as long as Kevin Durant's had impact, I'd I, I take that run. Oh, for sure. That's, I mean, you know, I also think we, we have such... So we have such short memories. This is the most, you know, the greatest prospect in the history of the NBA. Like, we just talked a few days ago about LeBron and the hype that he had. And, you know, like, this this kid is not LeBron, I don't believe, in terms of the hype. I, I, maybe I overseas, you know. Maybe. maybe overseas. Yeah, 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 you're right. You know, I mean, he's very, very high. I'm not, but I just think, you know, like, he's, I don't think he's LeBron. Um, you know. I'm not even sure. I don't know. Is is he Zion Williamson? I mean, I feel like Zion came in with a, about as much fanfare as you could want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, now, that was after a year at Duke, and that changes things. Obviously, you know, Duke's a marquee program, and he was great in college, and you know, but like, it wasn't that long ago that we had this, you know, Oh my God, he's the greatest thing ever. Now I know Zion was a different type player, and he had some question marks about his weight and his, you know, style of play and all that. Uh, you know, but still, I I feel like Zion was as hyped as just about anybody. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see, we'll see. But you know, the bottom line, man, it was exciting. Uh, I know, you know, I saw Popovich had said, I think before the lottery, like you know. The, you know, the Spurs don't deserve any luck the rest of the time, and they can, you know, they got you know Robinson and Duncan, and he's probably right. Uh, no one's going to feel bad for a Spurs fan. Like, oh man, it's been six years since we won a playoff series. Like, I'm sure a lot of teams are like, cry me a river. But you know, after a long run of contention, it's been some lean years, and it was a nice moment on Tuesday night, for sure. Um, and now it looks like it'll be Scoot to the Hornets. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I'm, you know, again, another guy who you know exists in sort of myth only. Never seen him play a game. Uh, heard he's really good. Seen some highlights, but uh, you know, again, illustrates the the difference in the NBA and the NFL drafts now. Mm-hmm. Like when we talked about the NFL draft, we could you know call on games we saw Bryce Young play and C.J. Stroud play and Will Anderson and. And, and these guys at the top of the NBA draft, so many of them, it's like uh, maybe I've seen a few games in college or maybe I've not seen them at all. Mm-hmm. Well, and these two guys skipped college both. You know. Right, right. So. You know, so, yeah, I mean, this, you know, when, when they suit up for their NBA teams, for most American basketball fans, it'll be the first time we watch them play. Some people, I'm sure, have done the, you know, NBA TV live streaming of the Wembenyama games or whatever, and hey, uh, all credit to you. I do that sort of thing for football sometimes. Um, I haven't, you know. It's like, well, okay, he, he's at this point, he's a myth. He's this unbelievable, 
seven foot three, four, five, whatever. Every time I read an article, he seems to get you know a little bit taller. Um, by the time he gets drafted, he's probably going to be like eight foot nine. Um, but you know, he can handle it like a point guard. He can shoot the three. He's can block shots. Like I'm, I'm anxious to actually see him play and see him do some of these things. Yeah, it will be curious to see how his game translates. You know, and how he gets utilized. Yeah, offensively I mean, I think and the one thing you can expect is he's he's gonna be he's gonna be bodied on defense early on. Uh, like, yeah. and, and you know, in the NBA regular season, you don't have to be a great defensive player, but you know, I'm sure some veteran big men are licking their chops at the chance to take advantage of this seven foot five kid who's rail thin. Um, he'll have to, you know, put on some weight, some muscle, and all that. But you know, he's nineteen. That's what you'd expect a nineteen-year-old to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other big off-field news: uh, the city of Tempe has spoken resoundingly, yeah, uh, saying no to the hockey arena and the Coyotes moving full time there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you followed the Twitter feeds I follow, you would have thought that the vote was going to be a slam dunk in favor because everybody who I followed is just a huge sports fan who wanted right. it. Right. Um, but it, it is interesting now in the fallout, you know, the Coyotes are publicly implying an intent to stay in the Valley somewhere yeah uh it's unclear where and who wants them and where they would want to go but right before we started recording you and i rattled off a handful of cities that make (laughs) as much or more sense for a hockey team well they they make more sense than a market that that is uh is clearly not invested in them and and i'm gonna say like i don't know that they should be um, you know, I, you're right. Uh, the, the feeling, it was an interesting vibe here. Um, I don't follow the news that much. You know that I don't watch a lot of local news or read AZ central or anything, but two months ago, um, I think you would have found a strong sort of like, oh uh, yeah, that'll probably get approved. No one's real thrilled about it, but all the signage that you saw was, you know, vote yes, vote yes, uh, landfill to landmark, blah, blah, blah. And as time went on, the opposition got stronger and stronger. And if you, you know, you drive around, you'd see more and more vote, no, no tax breaks for billionaires, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, I, you know, I, I, I think it's an interesting, you know, study in kind of what you said a little bit about, you know, sports fans. But, but also, I think that, you know, I think the Tempe government was surprised. By this, mm-hmm. I think they thought this was going to happen, and I think, you know, it's interesting when the people sort of rise up and say, like, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not on board with this plan you're trying to push down our throats." Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating in a you know microcosm for what it means for other, you know, like with this A's move to Vegas, and it's like they got 13, 18 days from now mm-hmm. to, to get mm-hmm. the legislation passed like done uh for their funding for right. the stadium and Which they're on their second site now I hear. yeah and it's like 
well, the city of Tempe just said, we don't want this. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and I think it cannot be ignored. Like, we, could, we can look at the big picture, and there is something to be said as far as the big picture of, you know, cities and people saying, you know, hey, we don't want our money going toward building stadiums or arenas. But small picture, look at the Coyotes and look at what they've been and the this the consistent sort of debacle of an organization that they've been for 15, 20 years. When they first moved here, I mean, you remember when, when you were a kid, I'm sure, you know, we looked at Tucson, but there was, there was momentum. It was fun. You know, they were new and they had good players and, and they got to the playoffs, you know, fairly consistently. They could never get out of the first round, but they had good teams. And, and then since they moved to Glendale, which, you know, moving out of, out of what was then America West arena was, had to happen. The arena wasn't built for hockey. I get that. But since they moved to Glendale, it's just been embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment on and off the ice. Ownerships come and go or owned by the league, terrible teams, uh, haven't, you know, they made the playoffs once in the last, I think 11 seasons. And that was in 2020, the, the bubble playoffs when they were expanded. I, it's hard to get people like me and people who care even less about sports to support a team like that. Yeah. And I think that's really, again, we can, we can talk big picture, but I think the small picture matters here. I, I think, I think a fair amount of people, I was one, I'll raise my hand. That's thought like, I'm not sure that, that this organization deserves the support that voting yes on these things gives them. I'm I'm just not sure. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I mean, it's a it's a very interesting situation because you know, the greater Phoenix area keeps growing. Yeah. They move this team from Canada to here. Then they wound up putting a team back in that same spot in Canada. Yeah. Um yeah. That that yeah. is loved again. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know, it, it almost like there's part of me that's like Hartford, Quebec City, like I mean Quebec has been rumored for years. Uh, again, we have we have been on Coyotes move slash death watch since at least two thousand eight. That's not an exaggeration. I mean and it might go back further than that. It might be oh five, oh six, oh seven. But at least fifteen years. This team has been, you know, on the precipice of moving very often, and they're still here, um, which is, I don't know what to say if that's good or bad, but it's just a fact. And Quebec has certainly been rumored. I I just get the feeling, I mean, I don't think it's me that gets the feeling. I think it's, it's pretty well known. Like Gary Bettman is bound and determined to make it work here. And, and if they move, I don't see them moving back to Canada. I don't think he. I. I think he'd rather move them to Houston or Kansas City or whatever. You know, another new market than another team back in Canada. I don't. I don't think he wants that at all because that's a. That is an admission of failure. That you know, team moves from Canada to Arizona and then moves back to Canada. It, it, it doesn't look great for him. I hear you. And I agree. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Don't get me wrong. Like they probably should move back there. I just don't think he will. He will let it happen. Well, it's also one of those things. It's an admission of failure. Yes, but it is a failure whether you admit it or not. Oh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. 
You're right. Uh, and, and yeah, I should explain that better. Uh, the team has been a failure here. And, and even if they got this new arena, I'm not sure that would have changed. Like it would have been a nice little honeymoon period of like, Oh, everything's good now. And I could easily see three, four years into their tenure at that arena, or if they get a new one somewhere else here that, you know, attendance is in the crapper. Um, no one really pays that much attention. I just, I think hockey could work here it with a fresh start, but it's not, you know, I, I, I mean, it's hard to describe. Like I think if, if they never come here, and, and you moved a team here, got an expansion team here, I think this market could support four pro sports teams. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. But I just think uh, there's so much scar tissue with this Coyotes organization. Much of it is their own doing that I, I don't know that I see, you know, I mean, unless they were to win a Stanley Cup, that I, you know, this is a bandwagon city, so success would get people interested. But I just don't know that I see support ever being there consistently. Yeah, and, I, and again, I'm not sure it should be. We talked about the A's a few weeks ago, and we, you know, we both basically said like, well, when the when the organization makes it clear they don't care, why should the fans support? Well, the Coyotes have done that for years with different people in charge, but it, you know, they, I mean, they're most like it's it's a running joke that you know who's the who's the next retired player contract the Coyotes will pick up so they can get to the salary floor. I mean, you know, Chris Pronger and Pavel Dotsuk and all these guys have eventually been property to the Coyotes well after they retired just so they could make, like, the minimum salaries. Yeah, it is embarrassing. It really is. It just is. I mean, you know, and and now to play their games at, at you know, college arena uh, and the tickets are just insanely expensive there. So you, you take the casual, you know, hockey fan like me and you and you you basically tell us like you're not you're not welcome. We're not, we don't want you because I, you know we're going to charge you 150 dollars to see you know two non playoff teams. Like no thanks, man. I can you know I could see probably a couple of NFL games for that price. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer. I'm so like- it, it is, but I mean you know we've talked about this more from the ASU perspective. Uh, I guess I am, you know, in the in the short term right now without knowing what the future holds, you know, basketball not moving off campus is okay with me. I, I, I haven't liked that idea from the start, and hopefully this arena not happening ends that discussion, at least for now. Yeah. But let's just upgrade the damn arena. I agree. Like, I agree. And that was, that with me, I think we discussed this a couple months ago after Crow's comments and it was like, well, boy, after what Crow says, are the two options move to this new Coyotes arena or just be stuck in this rundown, you know, desert financial as is. Well, that neither one's a good option. Yeah. If here's option A is now out the window. Uh, so yeah, I would rather not option B. Uh, you know, I think, I think there needs to be work done there and, you know, I, I kind of feel like ASU, the mentality up, uh, from the higher-ups was, you know, well, we'll just, we'll just you know, coattail the Coyotes and it'll be fine. And now that that's not an option, maybe that'll be the kick in the butt. They need to do something. But I don't know. Maybe I'm overly optimistic there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I – so 
I don't think these two things are related, but I would love to tie them together. I am not excited about selling the naming rights to the football stadium. I don't think that that is good. I don't like yeah. it, especially for a college team. Like I just just have your stadium. Uh, your stadium. I agree. Yeah. But if you could sell the naming rights to State Farm or whoever, but since State Farm's right there, it makes sense it to does. just it name does, them. Yeah. Um, and then you could turn that money into upgrading the basketball arena. Yeah. Uh, I would I would not say them nay. I, I would sign up for that deal, I think. No, I wouldn't either. I, you know, that was... And, and, you know, you bring up the naming rights. Uh, has that been, like, that was in the news a lot when the stadium was being redone, and then it kind of, I haven't heard anything about it. Have you heard anything about it recently? No, but that's why I'm throwing it out there. Okay. Like, that's, there's yeah, a lot because, of money yeah, to I mean, be made. Like it, <laughs> it, I agree. I mean, it, uh, when when the stadium was being redone, it was almost, like, thought to be a, a, a no-doubt end of the road. It was like, well, okay, when it's redone, it'll probably have a title sponsor, and uh, what can you do? And I, and it didn't happen, but I still sort of feel that way. I agree with you. I, you know, to me, it should always be Sun Devil Stadium. But I also, you know, God, I could run down a whole list of stadiums that you know I wish had a regular name: bowl games, golf tournaments, etc. Um, it's the name. It's you know, it's the nature of the business now. It just is. And yeah, if you could, if you could make some money and and do something with that, you know. Yeah, I'd live with it. Would I prefer if it was, you know, State Farm Sun Devil Stadium? I guess. Um, or something like that. Yeah, I'd prefer to keep the name in there. I also know that's probably not realistic. Uh, you know, like most times, it, you know, mm. if a company puts its name on it, they want theirs to be the only name on it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, I, you know, my, I just feel like if the if you want to do it, the, the money's there. I, I always get tired of that, you know, kind of I'm gonna parrot Jay Billis here. Like, you know, whenever whenever colleges tell you there's just not enough money, well when they wanna do something, they always find it. When they wanna buy out a coach, when they wanna you know, whatever, the money always seems to be there when they really need it. So find it. Do something. Yeah. I I agree. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know. But I, like I said, I, I am glad, I think, I mean, I say I think because I guess we don't know, but I'm glad this seems to put the kibosh on the discussion of the basketball teams moving off campus because I just don't think that was a good idea. And I think it was going to happen. I mean, they never said for sure, but they also never denied it. Like nobody ever came out and said like, oh, no, no, that's not in the plans. No, no, no. I think they were expecting it to pass. And then, you know, six, eight, ten months from now, they'd announce like, oh, yeah, when this arena is open, uh, our basketball programs are going to join and be a tenant. Yeah. No, this is better. I think so. I think so. You know, as for the Coyotes, who knows? (laughs) I mean, who knows? Like. Two, uh, two different cities have now essentially told them, one, told them to leave, um, literally, you know, told them to leave, Glendale, um, and Tempe said, don't, don't even, you know, don't even set up shop here, no thanks. Uh, so why they think that, you know, Mesa, Chandler, whatever, is going to be more hospitable, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, 
maybe there's something out there, but I just I don't see it. Land is still relatively cheap around Casa Grande, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows with this organization? You know, like I mean, when the when the vote, you know, got voted down on Tuesday night, it was immediately like, oh well, you know, I guess they're off to Houston. It's like, man, they are, they are the the you know the 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 horror movie villain. The Arizona slash Phoenix Coyotes are not dead until they've truly been killed and you see the dead body. Um, you know, let me know when they're playing a home game for another city, and I'll believe that they're actually gone from Arizona. Yeah. Um, let's pivot to a final non-field sports news topic. The NFL has announced a deal that NBC Peacock will be the exclusive home of one NFL playoff game. Uh, it'll be a, I believe they said the Saturday night streaming only game, unless it's your local market. Right. Um, the wild card round. Yeah. 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 So huge win for Peacock. Uh, obviously the NFL again is the NFL is leading the charge on streaming. They, the deal with Amazon, this now, um, and the NFL tends to just print money. Yeah. You know, so I'm yeah. sure they, they're getting a boatload for it. I'm wondering, first, what's your thought on this in general? And then, do you see the Pac-12 doing anything with this knowledge? That, like, yeah, the NFL I seems mean, willing to go. They are, but they're they're also willing to, you know, I think it's, I think it's interesting that the NFL streaming deals are, are standalone spots, you know? Okay. So, so Sunday ticket is now, you know, YouTube, but, but those are still on the air games in the low, you know, that's just a way to take the over the air games and, you know, out of market, but Amazon Thursday night, you know, standalone, you're not going back and forth between games. Peacock one, you know, one playoff game at a time. Uh, Peacock also has, I think, a Saturday night game late in the season. Bills and Chargers, I think it is. Um, you know, that's Peacock only as like a, you know, around Christmas or New Year's weekend, if I remember right. They're all standalone times. So the idea there is because you know people have pointed this out, and I certainly have noticed it myself. It's hard to go back and forth on streaming. Like if you're if you're on something, it's fine. You know, you know, you watch it, cool. But if you're, you know, if you're one to flip back and forth, and so that's where the Pac-12, to me, you know, college sports are often played a lot of games at the same time or in the same day, and I just don't, I don't know that, I don't know that the Pac-12 should look at the NFL and say, well, they're doing it, we can too. Very different strengths slash weaknesses, I would say. Fair. Could you find a deal with Paramount, CBS, and a Friday night game that streams? That streams. I mean, I think the Pac-12 deal is likely to have some streaming element, I think, um, you know, in it. But I, I don't think – I think going all streaming with Apple or Amazon is not a good idea because – We've already seen that the Pac-12 has 
slipped in relevance. It's going to slip even more with the loss of USC football um, and UCLA as well, but specifically USC football. And, and if you're, you know, if you're hoping to get people to lock in on, you know, well, I'll go to Apple TV and I'll watch Washington State play Cal, or I can stay on my cable or satellite and go back and forth between, you know, LSU, Tennessee, and, uh, uh, you know, Texas and Georgia and Ohio State and Purdue, they're going to probably choose the latter. I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can tell you for certain I will choose the latter. Um, and, and so I, I you know, I, I think it's going to be a part of it. But, but then, the, you know, the big question, of course, is who's going to be part of the Pac-12? I think that's still up in the air. Um, I don't know. You know, all the stuff this week about the ACC and, I mean, it, it's, it just feels like it feels like a lot of teams in the Pac-12 and ACC are looking for a life raft somewhere else, but mm-hmm. there may not be one out there. I don't know that the Big Ten or SEC are right now eager to bring on anyone else, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like they may just have to make the best of it. Yeah. The Big 12 apparently wants to bring on anybody and everybody. But then the question for those schools is, are, are you better off? I mean, are you better off in the Big 12 than the Pac-12 or ACC? And then right now, I'm thinking that's an unknown. Maybe you would be, but also maybe not. Yeah. It's fascinating. It, it, it's an interesting time. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, like uh, for a lot of reasons we've discussed in college sports with you know, the, the influence of NIL, the transfers, the, you know, uh, the, the consolidation of power with the Big Ten and the SEC, um, and then what becomes of everybody else. And, you know, the latest, uh, and I'm sure you heard this too, is that the, the Big 12 sort of has zoned in on Arizona and Colorado only. And, you know, I, I mean, I suppose it'd be, you know, it'd be one of those things of like, it's unthinkable in a way to think Arizona and Arizona State wouldn't be in the same conference, but I mean, it's happened before. Uh, you know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State aren't going to be anymore. Uh, yeah, Georgia and Georgia know, Tech aren't. Right, you know, right. Florida, Florida and Florida, Florida State. State. Um, you know, uh, UCLA is breaking away from Cal. Uh, you know, so I mean, it, it's we shouldn't we shouldn't think it's unthinkable uh, that you know potentially those two schools would not stay joined at the hip. Yeah. It's going to be weird. It's going to be it weird is. as a sports it fan. It is. I, I, I really, you know, and I, I, mean, I don't know if it's true, but I guess I do wonder, is it is it basketball that, that would make Arizona a more appealing product than ASU? Yes. Because the, the market size certainly favors ASU. But I think Arizona Kansas basketball twice a year. I guess. I mean, the Big Twelve does have good, good basketball beyond just. I mean, you know, Baylor's won a national title, and Texas Tech has gone deep in the tournament, and you know, I mean, they they are a very good basketball conference, even even with the impending departure of Texas and Oklahoma. Um, so I, I, you know, I suppose that makes sense. Um, I don't know. You know, it'll just be interesting to see where it, where it all settles. I mean, all this ACC stuff this week is is interesting in how public it's been. 
usually these things aren't public as they're going, you know, it's just like we hear about it after the fact. You know, we hear seven schools are going to break away from the ACC, and oh my God, how did this happen? This is like happening out in the open in a way. Yeah. You can find a better landing spot. Yeah, you know, and then of course, the, you know, the, the big thing with the ACC is the grant of rights thing through what, 2036? Yeah. That has kind of like locked them in, and it seems like there's a lot of a lot of them that would like to go elsewhere, but they know they'd have to pay a huge sum of money, and so yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting time, and I mean I know we we started on the streaming topic with the Pac-12, um, but I think they all go hand in hand. It's just like, what is the Pac-12 going to be? Are you you know is it going to be the simple okay you add San Diego State, SMU, you get to twelve teams. Uh, everybody locks arm in arm and says we're in this together might be but it also certainly might not be that clean and easy I mean I think if you are Utah Washington State Oregon State you want that long term poison pill ACC deal yeah, and you agreed. want and you want Oregon and and maybe you pay Oregon and Washington a premium, but you say yeah, you may almost have to do that unequal revenue sharing. That's I know what's being discussed in the ACC as well. As you you know you identify that Oregon and Washington are your kings, and you you give them an unequal share of the revenue, you know, so they'll be happy. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I mean. Places like Oregon State, Washington State, for sure, are, you know, they're sort of like Iowa State, the Big 12. And the Big 12 was, was looking like it was going to crumble uh, multiple times in the last decade or so. You know, a school like Iowa State is one that's like, oh, dear, what's going to become of them if the Big 12 falls apart? I think Oregon State and Washington State are equal versions of that on the West Coast. Yeah. Well, we will watch and see how it all shakes out. My computer's about to die, so until next time, he's Matt, I'm Ben, it's the Better Matt Sportscast.